Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 340. And today on the show, we've got the founders of Robin Golf, which Mike, we have right here with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie and Andrew are going to be coming on the line in a moment. Um, really interested to see and hear a little bit about what they're doing because uh, we talk a lot about growing the game and and a big part of of growing the game is removing some of the kind of the barriers that get in the way of people starting so what's piqued our interest here is they're designing clubs with a very specific kind of market in mind they are looking to get more of the beginner high handicap, casual golfers Mm -hmm. into the game by having them have a little bit more fun with the game through the equipment. Right. I mean, first impression, super sleek. Yeah. I mean, blackout, uh, leather, comes with head covers, full bags, stitched in, embroidered. So it's not your starter starter. I mean, it's got a little bit of a luxurious feel to your starter set. Right. Because I think one of the big things that a lot of newer golfers lament about is the the options for beginners clubs are often not the most aesthetically pleasing. I'm putting that the nicest possible way. Right. Um, but also there's a lot of choices out there. It gets very difficult. So first thing I want to make 100% clear, they, the, there is no uh, intention by the company at all here to have these clubs be something that is competing in the hyper kind of advanced space of your big name brands, your, your Titleist, your Callaway, your TaylorMade. This is not what they're attempting to do here. They're fully aware that the performance of the clubs is not going to be something that is in that echelon. But also, understandably, they're not trying to get to that type of pricing. They want to right. make it more affordable. In fact, there's not even 14 clubs here. I think they've got, what, nine, nine. clubs in the mm-hmm. bag? So what they did is really kind of narrowed it down to kind of the most essential clubs. But again, I think the reason why we wanted to dive into this with them is if you're anything like us, if, you know, as an avid golfer, there's a very good chance you often get asked by people who are new to the game. It could be family, coworkers, friends, whatever. Um, hey, I'm interested in starting, but I have no idea what clubs to buy. And I know an, an issue I've always had is kind of which direction to steer them. We get right. it all the time. We get it in DMs and things like that. And um, obviously, you know, we rave about our clubs. We rave about the idea of going and getting fit. But if you're a brand new golfer and it's your first season, I'd be crazy to tell you go get fit for clubs. Mm-hmm. In fact, most people who ask us, I say, get some clubs that you're comfortable with. Get a season or two under your belt. If you feel like this is something you want to pursue and maybe you've taken a couple lessons, then you can get to that upgrade and start to dive into the clubs we talk. you hear us talk about here all the time on the show. Right. Um, but this is a, it's a, it's a, something that I felt like was quality enough. We wanted to get it in hand so that we can you know, recommend it when people do ask for beginners uh, and feel confident in that recommendation. Yeah, I mean, even the put- look at this putter cover, the magnet, the soft inside, the leather, the stitching. I mean, it's all quality looking stuff. Right, and it's, it's a, like I said, it's a, I like the fact that they've really focused on those aesthetics because, again, another big part of the demographic are the people who play, you know, casual golfers. Four, five rounds a season, uh, oftentimes with work, and they want to have something that they're they're playing that's presentable and doesn't right. just like a, like a bunch of junk. Uh, and it is, 
very uh, well put together, so it will last you time. So if you're if you've got a buddy who's a golfer who says I play only a couple times a season and they want to buy something that's going to last them probably forever, here you go. So again, we there's a lot of this we're going to cover with them. We're going to bring them on the show in a second, but just because again this is some a newer area of the equipment market, I thought it'd be great to get their take on it. Like I said, you've got the the big boys who are spending millions and millions on R and D. Then you've got there's some small companies, some bespoke companies that are out there who are, are trying to make, um, and some of them are doing a great job making some excellent clubs on a much smaller team, much smaller market. But here we're trying to fit a whole different demographic. They their eye is on, like I said, high handicappers, casual golfers who want quality. They want ease of choice, uh, and they want to just get out there and play. Yeah, at, a, at, a, at a pretty decent price range, too. Right, and that's what grows the game, if you ask me. So let's do a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to bring Allie and Andrew on the show. Um, first, of course, we want to thank Titleist. Like, everybody wants a faster golf ball, and performance into and around the greens makes a big difference on what you write down on your scorecard. Well, speed meets performance and the new Titleist Tour Speed. Titleist, they did extensive research and testing with amateur golfers, uh, sending out different, you know, experimental units and, and getting, you know, different types of balls in, go in golfers' hands to see what works. And they took all that technology and all that knowledge and poured it into the Tour Speed. The, the Tour Speed's three-piece thermoplastic urethane construction gives you a soft feel, exceptional distance in the long game and precise short game scoring control. It really sets it apart from the competition. And it's also a, we talk about price point, it's a great price point for someone if you're coming from like a Callaway Chrome Soft or uh, some of the uh, the Bridgestone uh, BTS, some of those different balls, that mid-range price, you're looking to have a, the price but still have the performance. The Tour Speed is one you've got to give a try. Pick up a sleeve, give it a try. Uh, you can get the new Tour Speed or get left behind. That's it, man. You don't want to get left behind. Don't get left behind. You know? And guys, this episode is brought to you by ShotScope. The ShotScope V3 is a stat tracking and laser-like GPS watch. Tells you everything you want to know about your golf game. Honestly, guys, it's going to help you improve. I, I mean, I can promise you that. And it's going to help you enjoy the game better. Frank, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite? Give me three favorite features of the new design V3. The new design. So first, battery life, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. uh, V2 was great. It would get us around, maybe a round and a half, but we, play, we like to play 36 often, yeah. and we were charging it between rounds. No more worried about that. Also, all of the golf courses are preloaded now. Love that. Over 18,000 golf courses. I love to be able to just show up at the course, not thinking about downloading my courses the night before. It's there to go. And also the hyper accuracy. I have found that I am doing a lot fewer adjustments after my round. The nice part about the app is after you download your round, you can, if there's a shot that was gone wrong or something, you can move it right. around. I'm doing that a lot less often because of the accuracy. And if you haven't updated your firmware yet, guys, definitely do that. The new V3 had a major firmware update, which now really helps your tagging and tracking because it shows the club you have in your hand right on your watch for instant feedback. All those things make the V3 uh, a real big improvement. For yeah. Me. And you didn't even mention some of my favorites, which are, you know, smaller design, yep. color bands, color screen. I mean, it goes on and on. Super light. Yeah. Super light, yeah. you know, and you know, they really did a great job bringing this new product to market. They are sold out right now, but you can still order it and get it in October, the V3. Unless you just want to go GPS only, you can get their G3 model, which is all the bells and whistles except for stat tracking. Uh, so check them out. Go to shotscope.com slash golficity. And lastly, want to thank FootJoy. Frank, we hear it all the time. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it, it right? Yeah. So here's a question for you. Why would FootJoy change the Pro SL shoe? I mean, the most popular shoe in golf, the best-selling shoe in golf, the one that more tour players wear than... 
anyone else. Because FootJoy never settles. They never settle. It's, it's how they managed to be number one for all this time. I mean, they do what they do. They have an innovative and advanced uh, change to the Pro SL, which is giving golfers more stability, more traction, more comfort, and more choice. I mean, choice with colors and, and models like the other day you were rocking the new Carbons. The Carbons. And talk about traction. For a spikeless shoe, I think it's the most traction I've ever had out of a spikeless. Yeah, you see? I mean, there's just you look at the bottom of that shoe and you just realize there are so many points of contact with the ground. There are. It's insane. Yeah, it, it, it's, by far. Be, it's quickly becoming my go-to. Yeah, very quickly. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And by far, one of my favorites in the lineup. And the carbon, which is new, I mean, it, they, they added some comfort features, uh, mm-hmm. the ortholite impression fit beds. Uh, it's offering you comfort. It's like what they call it a comfy mattress for your feet. <laughs> it kind of feels like that. I yeah. like that. That's pretty cool. It's, it's, it's comfortable. It's waterproof. It's super performance, traction. Yeah. It's a lot of boxes checked. It's for everything me. you need to yeah. score better. So, guys, check it out. The all-new Pro SLs. You can learn more at footjoy.com. Yeah. All right, so before we bring um, Ali and Andrew on the uh, the line here, this is actually a pre-recorded interview. We recorded it earlier, and what I will say is if you're someone who listens in the car with kids, there are one or two uh, swear words in there. We're going to try to bleep them out. You know, we don't normally have that on the show. Uh, they're in the milder category. They're in the okay? milder category. No, don't worry. There's no F-bombs in here, but... Um, at least want to give you the heads up on that, as well as if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you know how it works with the internet, a little bit of Skype issues there. So uh, the video might get a little bit chunky, but no worries if you're listening to it. Just go out, excuse those two things, guys, and let's uh, let's zip over to the interview right now. All right, guys, on the line, we've got Ali and Andrew, founders of Robin Golf, uh, an exciting new golf equipment company, and they're doing something very different from what I feel like a lot of people out there are doing in a very good way. So first, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be us. here. It's it's really exciting to have you here. And let's first give a little bit of a backstory of who Robin is, because in a, in a day like today where I feel like you've got, of course, your big golf equipment manufacturers, and then we're seeing a lot of bespoke manufacturers popping up who are, who are doing a lot with much smaller resources to try to compete with the big brands, but you're taking it a different direction. Your, your goal is not necessarily in any way to compete with the big brands. You're looking for, uh, you've got some different goals. And I, I think I'd like to hear you guys tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, for sure. So I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the types of people that we're here to serve, which is really the, the casual or, or the beginner golfer. So when we think about a lot of the brands you just mentioned, even more of the bespoke ones, they're really going after your avid skill bias golfers who love the game, who have low handicaps, who are out on the course all the time. Um, we're taking a bit of a different approach because I actually am not a golfer at all. So Andrew played D1 in college. He's a scratch golfer. It's really annoying every time I walk <laughs> on the course with him. I bet. So we were trying to figure out how do we serve me? Because right now I'm not really having fun because I walk onto the course and I don't feel like I fit in. We go to buy clubs. I don't feel like I fit in. So we're really here to make the game more accessible for people like myself who might not be the best golfer, but they just want to get out there and have fun. That's terrific. So what was the, I guess, the starting point there? Did you first kind of survey the market of what's out there, which admittedly, uh, I know even for someone myself who has not shopped for 
kind of entry-level golf clubs in a long time. But what I do bump up against is that I get a lot of people asking, saying, I'm brand new to the game. What should I, where should I start? And it is difficult because I know there's maybe a handful on Amazon of some really cheap sets, but it's hard to get behind them because the quality is, is just not there. Like there's, there's, there's this huge jump in quality between your super intro level set to the, the, like I said, the big boys, the fitted equipment, like we play Titleist and some of those big names. So what was the starting point for you in designing these clubs? Yeah, no, it's, it's a, so you hit the, you made a great point there. So when we first moved to LA, um, I joined a golf club out there and I really wanted Allie to pick up golf and play with me. So she asked, where should I go buy golf clubs? Which is usually the first entry point into the game. And as an avid golfer, I, a difficult question to answer. So I just sent her to Roger Dunn, which is the biggest retail store in Los Angeles for anybody that doesn't know it. And she sort of walked into this, what she would describe as a, you know, a windowless Kmart uh, <laughs> with barrels and barrels of clubs. And she was sent to the back of the store. Uh, there was like two options, a pink set and a purple set. And didn't feel like the whole experience sort of catered to her and felt uncomfortable with the process. Called me back and said, you know, there's no option. So I said, we'll go to eBay or secondswing.com, you know, thousands of, of used options, better pricing. Typed in best golf clubs for a beginner and was met with over a million search results. And you, as you know, you have to piece to together a set club by club. You have to buy your wedge separately and your irons and your bag and your head covers. And it just takes a lot of time and sort of wear with all the that. And so her last question to me was, what's like the Warby Parker of golf where I can get like a stylish, cool, affordable set where I know it's high quality, shift to my door. I don't have to deal with anybody who will go play this weekend. Uh, and I had to think about that for a second. I realized that that didn't exist. Hmm. And so in order to sort of validate whether this was just a problem that we sort of stumbled upon or other people felt it, we ended up doing a survey of about 2000 people. And what we found out was actually regardless of age or level, or um, you know, gender, nine out of 10 people were dissatisfied with the golf club purchasing process. Mm. So whether it was too expensive, they didn't know the difference between last year's model and this year's model, they didn't like all the steps they had to go through. Um, so that's when we really sort of identified that there was a pain point out there and we could create a very easy and simple process to buy stylish, affordable, and high-performing golf equipment for men, women, and kids. Yeah, it it is interesting because you're right. There's just there's just not a lot out there in that in that really intro intro level. But even specifically from aesthetic standpoint, because obviously I want to ask you a little bit about how you went into designing uh, performance with the either the casual or the the beginner golfer in mind. But aesthetically, this is like nothing else I've seen out there. You know, they're they're all blacked out, like a really sleek uh, look. Um, but how much did you find that that was important? Because I know even, even from my own experience with some casual golfers, the last thing they want to do is kind of have something that's a sore thumb, stands out like a sore thumb that shows that they're a casual golfer. And usually that, that dead ringer indication is, is a, a bag of starter clubs that come in some wild colors or just aesthetically or not, not where they want it to be. <laughs> Well, let the record be known, first of all, even though we had this experience, Andrew did buy me shitty tin set off Amazon. So, <laughs> so that was the first set that I walked onto the course with. Um, but we kind of think of it, we, we equate it to skiing, right? Looking the part is half the battle. You can get up to the top of a gondola and someone can be in the coolest outfit and you probably think, damn, they must be an amazing skier before you even see them pizza pie down the hill. 
Right, um, right. So we're kind of taking that same approach with the golf clubs, which is if you walk out on the course and you feel your best and you look your best, and then you shank the ball, you know, you're halfway there. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, you know, to Andrew's point, when I walked into the back of the store, we, we are New Yorkers who are now in LA. As a New Yorker, your favorite color is black. You're wearing black right now. The golficity sign is black. It's just the East Coast vibe. Yeah, it is. Um, and so I could not believe that I couldn't find a black set. All I wanted was black clubs. I, I wouldn't have even cared if they were shitty clubs. Right. Um, and so that was a big piece into going into the design, which is why can guys get these really sleek clubs, but girls can't, and then let's just make that accessible for everyone. And so that's really how we came across that, that sleek black design. And then for the kids clubs, I mean, what, what's cuter than a kid who's in really trendy outfits or has a really trendy accessory with them with their high tops on. So we figured we'd just bring that, that look across everyone's clubs. Yeah. And it is, it's a terrific look. I could see, again, there's, there's no doubt there's a a big demographic of golfers are the guys and gals who will play maybe four or five rounds a year and they're doing it. It's largely like work driven. It might be a work event or going and playing with their boss or something like that. So something like this, it's going to be where, you know, other people are going to think, you know, it just fits right in. You know, it could be, it could really uh, be almost anything because a lot of even the top manufacturers are producing stuff that's like blacked out. So it's very trendy in that way because I think that is, there's, we talk about like barriers to getting into the game and one barrier is not, especially in the beginning, not wanting to look like you don't know what you're doing out there. Right. And at least you show up with something like this and it does, you know, at least look like, make somewhat look like you know what you're doing. Um <laughs> But speaking again to those, those kind of like those barriers, one thing, uh, Andrew, you made a really good point. You talked about the thousands of options. I think one thing that gets in the way of a lot of new golfers is decision fatigue and they end up not getting anything. So what was kind of your philosophy behind your, your total product offering and, and how many different variations do you offer? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So, you know, we really built this company in the eyes of, you know, Allie and our other co-founder, um, my brother Peter is also a beginner golfer. And, you know, when they were going out to buy golf clubs, they had nothing. And so they wanted the fastest, easiest solution to buy something where they had it all in one. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we realized that we wanted to put together uh, a full set with the bag and the head covers and the clubs. And what you also notice there is that there's only nine clubs. Right. And so you're we doing our surveying. What we found is for the casual golfer, the beginner golfer that only plays six, 10 times a year, they usually have like their four favorite clubs that they hit every single time. True. So they'll say, I hit my driver. Oh, I hit my hybrid sort of whenever I'm out in the fairway, my lucky number seven iron. And then I'll use my sandwich on the green and then putter. And so through that sort of research and talking to people, we felt like there was a way where we could develop a nine club set to really simplify the process. Also, where you're not overwhelmed with all the different irons choice. It makes it lighter. It makes it more affordable. Um, a little more sleek and easier to pack and carry. Um, in, in addition, um, you know, right now we just offer one choice for men, one choice for women, and two kids, two choices based on on um, on size. And and our thought there was exactly you said the analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. When you're coming to buy golf clubs, well, we're really trying to cater to somebody that identified they want to play golf, wants to get a set right away and hit the course that weekend, and kind of doesn't want any of the hassle. The same way. We sort of drew inspiration from away suitcases. You need a suitcase for the weekend, you order there. You need a mattress, you go to Casper Mattresses. Right. And so we, we are building this direct consumer model 
Um, and that's why we're keeping it very simple. And, and interestingly, we found that our, our conversion rate, our website conversion rate is well over 6%, which is double the e-com average. And we think one of the reasons that we've done so well so far is we're removing the, the, that paradigm of choice yeah. and we're just giving one simple set for each person. And um, it seems to be converting very well. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, other stuff that I've purchased before, I've had that decision fatigue where I, I get there with an idea of what I want and there's just so much. I'm like, I just put it off. I'll come back. I got to do some research. Or in specific to golf, a lot of times I'll have people you know, DM us and they'll say, I want to I want to pick up the game. I'm interested, but what do I get? And I'll try to direct them to a, a website or two, but I know they're getting there and they're getting lost in the weeds. So I think that simplification is important. Um, another thing I want to talk about, though, is also the overall build quality of it, because, uh, you know, having them in, in hand and getting a look at them and we're going to put them through their paces in a, in a full review that we're going to do soon. But I can tell that there is a, a definite quality here that is a, a level above what you normally see from intro level. So what was the thinking there? What went into that? Was it something you're built to kind of last people a little bit or, or what was the uh, reason to kind of focus on build quality? Yeah. Uh, so when we, as I was mentioning earlier, when we were conducting our research, one of the things that came up most as one of the most important qualities of why people buy golf clubs is the feel of the club. Um, and we knew that we wanted to create something that was high performing, that made people as beginners want to continue to play. And so when we, when I first bought Allie, the, the Callaway Strata set and just watched her hit it with sort of dismay. And I was noticing that the ball wasn't going as far as it should have been. And she was, wasn't by the excited. way, he blamed that on me. not <laughs> <laughs> Of course. So this is, we're really yeah. getting somewhere now. <laughs> so we, we, we definitely wanted something that would, and, th and then we did put some, some Callaway clubs into her hands and we saw, a, a, or, you know, the, the newer models, uh, the big Bertha for women. And I saw like a huge difference. Um, and so that's when we really wanted to put something in the hands that people are going to get better at, which gets people excited and continue to come and play more golf. Uh, so we ended up hiring um, the ex-head of R&D, for, for many golf manufacturers, he'd been in the industry for 35 years, and he introduced us to one of the biggest golf manufacturers in China, um, which does some of the major brands. And through them, we really partnered closely together. Um, we actually interviewed four different factories, and we received their models, and we just put them put them to the test of the range. We tested, I mean, tens to if not hundreds of different, you know, iron models, wedges, uh, drivers, different shafts, and what we really pieced together was clubs that were the most forgiving, that felt really solid, but also still looked, you know, good. We didn't want the clunky iron heads. Right. Um, our our lofts are are pretty generous. We have a little the speed slot you can see there. Some adjustable um, screws for the driver for somebody that might want to kind of get to the next level. So we're we we have enough tech in there to to sort of be top of the level, but we're not overpacking it with tech where it drives up the cost. Um, and so that's, that's really what we focused on. Yeah. I'm just yeah. showing the adjustability of the driver there to the camera, which is another thing you don't often see in a beginner set. Yeah. It's funny. I think one of the biggest pieces of feedback, positive feedback we've been getting after people get the clubs is, wow, I can't believe how nice this driver is because usually in these box sets, that's the club that really tells you how they are. Mm -hmm. And so that's 
that's something that we chose being like the hero club in the bag, making sure we invested in it. And, and to the point of the rest of the clubs, we probably did go a little overboard on it, mm-hmm. but especially as a beginner, we felt it was really important to have a strong driver in there for everyone to play with. Makes sense. And it sounds like it's not an easy sweet spot to hit where you're trying to both level up the build quality above all those other beginner options while at the same time trying to keep that price point low enough that it's not a barrier to entry for beginner golfers and obviously saying look we're we're not even it's not it's not our business model to even try to compete with what goes into again the top level clubs from tailor-made Callaway Titleist with their millions of dollars in R&D you're trying to hit this kind of middle ground sweet spot like i said with with as much performance as you can but also price i would imagine was a huge factor for you yeah and, and the, the price was was a big factor and then also because we are going direct to consumer right we don't have expensive player endorsements we don't have those huge r&d costs or those traditional advertising you know outlays we we can keep our margins at, you know at a point that it's good for us but also it benefits the consumer so that's why we're able to kind of build basically a $2,000 set of clubs and sell it for $699 because we don't have that retail markup. We don't have that, you know, endorsement markup, et cetera. So that's what we're really focused on. Gotcha. And then obviously beginner is kind of a, a broad statement. Um, what I would love to know a little bit more about how you went about designing the performance of these clubs. Like for someone like me, obviously there's going to be a little bit too much flex in the shafts and the heads are a little bit too forgiving, you know, as, but it's not designed for someone like me. It's for designed for someone who's starting, but that is still a wide range. Um, what were some of the, the, the key kind of points when you honed in on that demographic that you wanted to work on from the actual performance of the clubs? Yeah, great question. So I would say we're, you know, it is beginner is sort of a, is a wide swath of, of people. I think the average handicap, we're, we're trying to cater to actually the average golfer. The average handicap in the United States, I believe is 26. You guys might know, um, but I think it's around 26. So that's kind of who we're, we're hitting. Somebody that's hitting, you know, in the 90s that um, th- their primary goal is to hit it like straight and far and off the tee. Like that, right. that, that's sort of their goal. Um, and so, you know, one of the things we developed a mid kick point in our shafts, um, they're certainly a little flexible for probably like a talented player, but they still, we did go a little on the stiffer end because we're targeting millennials. And so we, we knew we kind of had stronger, faster swing speeds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not totally flexible because 90% of our sales are actually coming from people under 35. Uh, so we have some stiffness to it, but a mid kick point to allow the ball to go high and, you know probably far mm-hmm. right um you know in terms of the the irons there like you said slightly oversized to offer more forgiveness yep. um definitely not for somebody that's trying to like kind of work the ball they they're really just helping it get it straight and far um and uh, yeah those are some of the which all the things you're mentioning are so important because i think enjoyment of the game is largely tied to how you play, whether we like it or not. I mean, I can make a case for this a lot of ways to enjoy this game no matter how you play. But but enjoyment, I think, is also another one of those kind of barriers to entry where if it's too hard in that first season, a lot of people just kind of never come back, right. you know? So I think that, that it's 
it's an important thing that you focus on of finding these little kind of nuances in the equipment to help people so that at the end of the day, we're all trying to grow the game. And I, and I think that's a big reason too, why we wanted to bring you on the show, because I think it's equipment like this, that's thinking outside the box that helps bring people to the game. You know, we can all talk about our, our love of the game for the people who've been playing it. It's those new people that we're bringing in and anything we can bring in that simplifies, like you said, you're simplifying your shopping experience and makes them play just a little bit better, I think is, is important. So I commend you on that for sure. Well, thank yeah. you. Um, so what uh, kind of looking forward, are there any uh, additional goals or anything for the company or where, where are you looking um, to go in the next couple of years here? Yeah. So I, I think before even where we're looking to go, I think what's important to just state is as a company, one of our biggest missions, it's not just to get people playing, but it's really to get net new players into the game. And so for us, that really means diversity is incredibly important. If we look at a lot of the stuff going on right now, um, you'll notice that if you step on a golf course, most people are older white males. Mm -hmm. um, so that means what's really important to us is getting millennials into the game, women, kids, and diverse players. And so our goal there is how do we continue to make things accessible for them with what we're rolling out and what we're expanding into. And so right now it's clubs. We are looking to get into balls, tees, and accessories soon because, again, once you get your clubs, I mean, I can't believe how many balls are out of I have no idea what any of them mean. Right, um, right. Make it like the one-stop shop for people who are new to the game and who want to continue to play. And then um, also really important to me is I think women's clothes have a long way to go in the game. So <laughs> that is a big focus area for us to get to in the future. Um, but for us, what success would look like in two years is if there is a whole new type of person who's stepping out onto the golf course, into five iron, into, into wherever you're going, but who feels confident playing as who they are, not who they're trying to be. Gotcha. Yeah. Just to just to summarize, if if we can be seen as the number one most inclusive modern golf brand for anybody that's trying to get into the game of golf, they turn to Robin. That's that's what our, our goal is to be. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And I talk about kind of timing. I think the timing of of that, that message and everything really couldn't be better served than right now. We always look for the silver lining, especially with what's going on with, with COVID um, because golf by its nature is something that's a little bit distant and something that uh, is done outdoors. Uh, we're seeing at least on our end, right? Mike, you'd agree. Like we're getting even more inquiries of people saying they're picking up the game now more than ever. Uh, do you see that on your end too? Has this been a little bit of a, a, a pop in, uh, in some of your sales? Yeah. I mean, it is that. And pretty insane. So we literally launched as COVID happened, which meant that the first month was pretty scary. We all kind of looked at each other and, you know, we've talked to a bunch of people who founded companies and a lot of them say, you know, part of it is luck with timing. If you don't mm -hmm. hit the timing, line, it doesn't work out. Don't worry about it. And so I remember Peter, Andrew and I all looked at each other in April and we're like, well, you know, at least <laughs> the head start to say timing is part of it. And so we said, you know what, we'll keep doing everything we can do, but who could have, forecast is happening. And right. then all of a sudden, when courses slowly started opening up, people had more time. I mean, it was explosive. We had over 200% month over month growth in sales. Wow. We had everyone reaching out to us. We, you are looking at customer service. We were doing customer service 24 <laughs> hours nonstop. Wow. 
um, until we got to, you know, mid July and actually sold out of clubs and we put paid us to guess that would have happened. So we are definitely feeling that we are hitting the ground running, trying to get inventory in as soon as possible. And it will be back early October, but it's been really exciting to watch the game grow organically. Yeah. Yeah, And what's what, which is also great for us as we try to, to grow our company when, you know, pre COVID, when we were trying to sort of raise money, a lot of this has come from our own capital to start this company. And as you can imagine, starting an equipment brand is very capital intensive for sure. And that was a difficult conversation with most every investor sort of had a perception like, well, isn't golf like dying? Isn't golf declining? Like, why would I like ever want to invest in a golf company? Uh, and now flash, flash forward to, you know, this summer and we're having some like really successful and great conversations with the investor community because like golf is having a rebirth. Oh, yeah. um, people are really excited about the growth and the potential and it being a socially distant sport. So people that, you know, kind of originally sort of pushed us off to the side when we were raising capital are now trying to like race to get to the table. So um, it's, yeah, it's definitely been good, good timing kind of surprisingly. It is amazing. We just had an article on the site the other day with uh, golf data tech who tracks the industry said that July was the biggest um, golf equipment sales uh, month since they started tracking the data in 1997. So it's, it's not surprising that you guys have had seen so much success, but even more so what I like about it is because of, again, you're, you're targeted towards the, the, the higher handicaps and the, uh, the more casual golfers to see that and see that your sales are booming is such a great indication for the health of the game going forward, because it doesn't just mean that, current golfers are buying more equipment. It really is a, a evidence that more people are getting into the game. Yeah, for sure. So terrific. And we, we do appreciate you, uh, you coming on taking the time to talk to us today. Is there anything else that, uh, we didn't cover here, anything with the clubs or anything going forward that you want to make sure that our, uh, our listeners know about? Well, we're currently sold out now, but we'll be back in stock in October. Uh, so right in time for the holidays, um, if you're looking for that that gift for your for your wife, for your husband, or for your kids, um, it's really a one-stop shop for really family golf destinations. So um, feel free to reach out to us if you have any other questions. Uh, RobinGolf.com is our website. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would just say, you know, and this company sucks or we hate this or we hate that. So just continue to give us feedback. We read every single email that comes across every single Instagram direct message, every Facebook message. And we're really hoping we could just make other people excited about the game. Um, I was a golf hater until about a year ago. So I totally get it. Yeah. You get hooked. <laughs> and that hooked. So yeah. So you, you, you guys are saying you want all the feedback, good, bad, or different. You're, you're, you're playing the long game. You want to make sure it's the best product going forward. Feedback is a gift is what we've been taught. And we truly do try to live by that. And we have gotten some really hard feedback, but that's what makes you better. That's, that's exactly just like, just like our golf game. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. You want the swing coach tell you what you're doing wrong, but you know, you need to hear it. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So again, we appreciate you taking the time, uh, to speak with us. And I think a big takeaway again, that I reiterate here is for, for our listeners, a lot of our listeners are people who've been playing the game for quite a long time. And, and I think it's a common thing that a lot of us are faced with that we, we want to bring other people into the game or we've, we've, we've got, especially right now, I'm telling you, I've never had more instances where family members and people like that, they've got this spark of interest because, 
it's one thing we can get outside and do right now. And um, you get those questions of like, hey, where should I start? What what club should I get? And again, I've always had that hesitation to direct them towards, as you said, maybe it's that two $300 Callaway set that everyone seems to buy on Amazon. Because as a golfer, we just know we don't want to we don't want to set them up for disaster by putting junk in their hands. So I, I love the fact that you guys have, have come up with something like this that's well thought out from both you know aesthetics, but also the performance. It gives us as golfers something that we can we can confidently direct people towards. So thank you for that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for the kind words. It's been it's been great having with you, having you on the show and and we'd love to keep up with you guys. You're so new. Uh like you you've had so much success in the beginning. We'd love to uh maybe circle back in in some time and just see how you guys progress. Yeah, awesome. we'd yeah, love to definitely. do that. And please let us know what you think of the clubs. We're excited to get some feedback, some real feedback on those. Yeah, we can't um, wait forward to keeping in touch with you guys we're super excited because we just put the finishing touches on our simulator and we're gonna be putting it through the paces really soon now so. it requires a beer or something along with it I, ho- I hope you're gonna bring your daughters around too to play the clubs in the simulator oh yeah 100 percent. both of us are, are are just starting to get our daughters into the game so i'm, I'm really excited to, to get them in their hands my daughter sure. asked me last night hey daddy when are you gonna open those new clubs for me i'm like we're getting there <laughs> <laughs> it's been killing them having them sit here but we will definitely do that but again thank right. you for for taking the time to chat with us today wish you all the the best of luck with the company and um i'm sure we'll keep in touch soon cool. thanks guys thanks, have guys. a good one thank you, you. thanks all right mike one thing that i always enjoy doing here on the show is when we get the opportunity to a speak with anyone in the golf industry i've always said it's a very small world small industry but there's a lot of great people in this industry but when you get to speak with people who are are founders of companies like they are and you get into the motivation of why they did it Mm -hmm. and and you you get to understand a little bit of the passion and here trying to solve a problem that they ran into it firsthand right yeah just having not enough, either A, not enough choice in, in beginner or just generally speaking too many choices for some beginners. Like how do people get started? And it is so true. A lot of golfers who are just thinking maybe they, 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 they've got a friend or a family member who plays and they get interested and they want to get out there and play and then all of a sudden – there's something that stops them. And oftentimes it can be the equipment choice to start. Yeah. And we keep saying this, but yeah, the messages do come in often. You know, I want to get into this game. I don't have the thousands for those, those fancy TS or or T series and all that stuff, but where can I go, Mike? And and I love having an option to point them to. And I can't wait, like we said, to get these in the sim. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give them a a test, put them through the paces. Like I said, they're not going to be clubs that we would play. Um, Obviously this is for the higher handicapper. It's for your, uh, your more casual golf golfers, but as more, if you want to call it avid golfers like ourselves, um, we of course, as I said, always going to run into new golfers coming to the game and a good way to help bring them in is to help guide them in the beginning. And, and a question that's going to come down to is equipment. So it's great to see some people who are pouring some passion into making a specific segment of the equipment market more friendly. And I think that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, you can check them out on the web. We'll drop all of those links in the show notes, which you can get to by going to golfacity.com slash episode 340 or as always in the Golficity app. Um, Again, special thanks to Ali and Andrew for taking the time to speak with us. As you can see how busy they've been being sold out. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put these through the paces and, and give a full recommendation on them really soon. So stay tuned for that as well. We'll see everybody again next week. 